Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One, two, let's go, big fellow. I'll In response to hundreds of requests from interested listeners, this Lone Ranger program will retell the story of the origin of the Lone Ranger, how he met Tonto, how he got his name, and how the Lone Ranger found the great horse Silver. This is the story of a man who buried his identity to dedicate his life to the service of humanity and country. It is the story of an American heritage, the story of the Lone Ranger. Six men guided their horses along the canyon floor toward the hideout of the Cavendish Gang, the strongest, most ruthless gang in all the West. The six were undismayed by the heavy odds against them. They were Texas Rangers. Rain up, boys. Oh, well, easy. We'll wait here until the scout returns. You think it was a good idea to send Collins on ahead? It was Captain Reed's younger brother who asked the question. Are you sure you can trust Collins? Uh, we have no choice. We must trust him. We've got to know if Butch Cavendish has learned that we're heading for his hideout. 
Well, you're the captain. Forget that for a minute. I want to speak to your brother to brother. My wife and son are coming from the east. If something happens to me and you survive... Well, I, I know you'll take care of Danny. You know I will. If I don't survive, I'm going to count on you to resign from the Rangers and work that silver mine we've staked out. Use my share to raise my son. Your nephew. Here comes the scout, Captain. What's the word, Collins? Good news, Captain Raid. It's all clear. I scouted the rim on both sides of the canyon and found no sign of the Cavendish outfit. All right, boys. Let's go get Cavendish. Get up there. Get up. Come named Collins remained behind as the rangers moved in single file along the floor of the rock-strewn canyon. They didn't know that Collins had lied, that Butch Cavendish and his killers were waiting on the rim of the ravine. Now listen, we'll hold our fire until they're right below. The men on the other side of the canyon will start shooting when we do. We'll have those rangers trapped between That's us. good idea, right, boss. You'll have to shoot straight. Be sure to get all six of those men. We can't get down to the floor of that canyon without going all the way back to the hideout. And it'll be dark in half an hour, so don't take chances. When a man goes down, keep on pouring lead into him till you're sure he's dead. Now get ready. Come on, boys. All right, men, open fire. Several hits were scored with the opening volley from the outlaw's gun, but none of the wounds were fatal. Six men swung from their saddles and spread out as they returned the fire from both sides of the canyon. They hugged the ground, taking advantage of the meager protection afforded by small rocks. Then one of the guns was silenced, but five returned the deadly fire from up above. Double-crossed. If any of us get out of this, we have a score to settle with that scout, Collins. The captain and his brother fought side by side, while bullets from both sides of the canyon crashed into rocks close by. Jackson just been hit. He... Oh! You're hit. It, it's all right. I can still fight. But you're wounded. You... Dan, I'll get that one. The dirty killer. Dan, how badly are you hit? Dan, how many left? Three of us. I'm going. Then there'll be two. You remember? Promise. My boy. Little Dan. As long as I live, I'll not forget that promise. The outlaws on the rim grew bolder when they saw that there was but one gun firing from the canyon floor. Then that gun, too, went silent. Twilight deepened into darkness, relieved by the cold light of a full moon. And then another figure moved among the still bodies. It was an Indian clad in a jacket of fringed buckskin. He examined the men to whom heroic deeds had been a part of each day's work. Him dead. Five times the Indian found a man whose soul had gone to join the immortals. But when he came to the sixth, he found what Collins had failed to discover. He found a faint spark of life still burning. The Indian lifted this man tenderly in his strong arms and carried him away. The wounded man was taken to a nearby cave where the Indian bathed and dressed the wounds as best he could. Then he took a spade from one side of the cave and returned to the canyon where he worked steadily until the dead men had been buried. 
Returning to the cavern, he sat watching, listening periodically to the faint beat of a gallant heart through the remaining hours of the night. Daybreak found that heartbeat stronger. But by nightfall, a new enemy assailed the ranger. The wounds became infective and there was fever. The Indian called in all the lore he knew and went through two days and nights without rest in a valiant effort to combat the all-consuming fever that threatened to kill where outlaws' guns had failed. It was daybreak when the ranger opened his eyes, and for the first time, the Indians saw them, clear and calm. You wake? Me glad. Yes, but I... So weak. Oh, you wounded man. I I remember an ambush. That right. Me find you in canyon. Carry you here. This is a a cave? That right. Why, it's daylight. Oh, it's morning. Then I, I must have been unconscious all night. It four days since fighting canyon. The, there's something familiar about you. What? Many year ago, when you only boy, you find Indian boy in trouble. You save life, Indian boy. Now I remember. Your name is Tonto. That right. It was you who found me, dressed my wound, saved my life. Ah. I, I remember what you called me years ago. You called me Kimosabe. That right. Kimosabe, it mean trusty scout. Tonto, there were six of us in that canyon. The others, what about the other rangers? Other rangers, all dead. Dead? Ah. One of them was my brother. Mm. You only one left? You, Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger... The only one who knows about that gang. I'm going to get every one of those crooks. I'm going to carry on that war. Where every one of the men who died, a hundred crooks are going to feel the weight of justice. God willing, I'll make every criminal in the new frontier regret the day you found a dying ranger and nursed him back to life. Soon as I'm strong enough to carry guns, I'll be the Lone Ranger. Tonto was amazed at the sudden strength that seemed to surge through the wounded man. He seemed to be transformed by some strange alchemy into the composite of all six rangers. In his eyes, there was a light that must have burned in the eyes of knights in armor. A light that through the ages lifted the souls of strong men who fought for justice for Christianity. Toto, those killers know me by sight. They know one of the rangers escaped. They'll look for him. Them not know one escaped, Kimasabi. Tonto bury five men, make six mounds. Crooks think you die with others. Then my identity shall be forever buried with my brother and my friends. From now on, my my face must be concealed by a mask or, or disguise. Oh, you stay quiet five, six days. 
get strength back. Tonto, while we go after the Cavendish gang, we've got to watch for a little boy and his mother who are coming from the east. We've got to go to a silver mine. Silver mine? Yes, a secret one. I know an old man I can trust. He, he used to be a ranger. He'll stay at the mine and work it just enough to supply the cash we'll need, so... Oh, so much to be done. So much. Uh, maybe better you rest now, Kimasabi. Rest a little while, then talk. Yes, I... I'll rest a little while. Then we'll make plans. Several weeks had elapsed since the massacre in Bryant's Gap. The ranger whom Tonto had rescued had regained his strength and ridden with an old man into a remote section of the hills where a small shack concealed the entrance to a silver mine. So this is the shack you and your brother built? Yes, Jim. This is where you'll have to live and work. I'm sure sorry to hear about the death of your brother. He was a fine man. Didn't he have a little boy? Yes, Jim. Now that my brother's gone, half of this silver mine belongs to his son. Where is the boy? I don't know, but I've got to find him. I hope I can be as much to him as my brother was to me. Yeah, you and the boy will be pretty well fixed with this silver mine. All I want out of it is enough for my immediate needs. You may have the rest of my share. Oh, no. That's you... all right, Jim. You're entitled to it. You'll have to do all the work. And remember... You're never to reveal the fact that I have any connection with this silver mine. I have nothing to do with it. To all intents and purposes, it belongs to you. I could refine a little ore right here in the shack. That's what I want you to do, Jim. I'll come here when I need money or bullets. Bullets? Yes, I want some of the ore cast into silver bullets. Thunderation, lead bullets are good enough to get revenge against the Cavendish gang. I'll not use the bullets for revenge, Jim. I want them to be a symbol of justice by law. I want those who see them to be reminded that sooner or later every criminal will be defeated. The best justice... Yes, but... I, I made my plans carefully, Jim. I'm sure I'm right. Well, when are you starting out? As soon as Toto arrives with strong horses... The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. During the next few days, the man who had become the Lone Ranger helped his old friend bring ore from the tunnel and refine it into purest silver, which was cast into bullets that studied a heavy gun belt. In the meantime, he made a mask to cover the upper portion of his face. Then Tonto returned with strong horses and bad news. Indians and outlaw gang make raid on wagon train from east. All wagons burned and all people killed. Tonto, my brother's wife and son were coming from the east on a wagon train. I wonder if it's the one that... Me fine trunk all burned. A trunk? Ah. Copper plate on trunk. Me bring it here. Show you. Their name on plate. Read my brother's trunk. Toto, was there... Does anyone know if there was a little boy in that caravan? Me not know. I wonder if we'll ever know. I expect you'll be starting out tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, Jim. We're starting out right now. We have a lot to do. Hit the saddle, Toto. Uh-huh. I'll keep an eye on things here. Keep a supply of silver bullets on hand. They'll be ready. We'll be back. Come on, Toto. Steady. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. And good luck to you. Thanks. Get up there. Come on, cover. Good luck, Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger quickly captured several members of the Cavendish gang. Others knew that they were hunted men. They scattered and fled in all directions. But the masked man maintained a relentless pursuit of one after another. The trails led through several states. Collins, the faithless scout, was run to earth in Laramie. His pal was caught in Julesburg. And another of the killers was turned over to the law in Cheyenne. Months had gone by since the masked man started on his mission. Butch Cavendish himself was the only member of the gang who remained at large. He knew that he was hunted. He knew that his masked nemesis could be stopped only by death. On one occasion, the Lone Ranger had come close, but Cavendish owned the faster horse. He got away, but his escape was only temporary. With Tonto at his side, the masked man pressed on until the trail was new and sharp. We're close to Cavendish now, Kimasabi. Yes, Tonto. He can't be far ahead. Him outrun us last time. Maybe better we shoot on sight. No, I want to take him alive. I... Look out! There he is. Steady, boy. Over there. Killer in ambush. Him right way. He shot my horse, Toto. Get after him. Get him up, Toto. Once more, the superior speed of the outlaw's horse carried Cavendish to safety. When Toto returned from the feudal chase, the masked man stood beside his dead horse. A good horse, Tonto. Loyal, faithful, and brave. But my next horse must be faster. I wish that... Tonto, we've heard stories of a wild horse. A fiery white stallion. Ah. Him seen near valley. Over that way. Yes, Cavendish went that way. We'll be on the lookout for the wild horse as well as a man. Tonto's horse carried the Lone Ranger's saddle and supplies while the masked man of the Indian continued along the outlaw's trail with dogged perseverance. In the meantime, a fiery white stallion, the king of Wild Horse Valley, had left the green hills to seek adventure in the outer world. He met a buffalo, a shaggy monster of tremendous size and strength whose evil eyes burned with a lust for murder as he challenged the white one to battle. It was a fight of earth-shaking fury. The sun flashed from the sleek body of the white one as he dodged and sidestepped charge after charge. 
then reared high to strike at the infuriated adversary. He was nimble and courageous, but his strength began to wane as the battle went on. The buffalo charged again and again. The splendid muscles of the white one were slower in responding than too slow. He was caught by the shaggy monster's charge. Wet crimson stained his pure white coat. Another charge. The white one fought coming, and he couldn't dodge. He staggered and fell. The monster drew back. His head was lowered, and he pawed the ground in readiness for the charge that would drive the cruel horns deep into the white one's body, the death charge. And then two shots rang out. The buffalo shuddered from the impact of the masked man's silver bullets. For an instant, he stood motionless, then fell. Cruelly battered and bruised, the white stallion lay quietly. But his soft eyes watched every move as the Lone Ranger bathed his wounds and wiped the dust from his delicate nostrils with a damp cloth. For a long time, he rested. Then scrambled to his feet. Me get rope. Him run away. No, wait, Toto. Let him go. Let him go. I like that horse more than anything in the world. But he deserves his freedom. He fought for it. Him stop? Yes, he's turned. He's looking at us. See how white he is? Ah, him silver white. Silver. That would be a name for him. Here, silver. Him plenty wild. Toto. Toto, he's coming toward us. Ah. Silver, silver, you beauty. Otto, hand me a halter. Huh? If you could only know how badly we need him. Steady there. Steady, Silver. Oh, him let you use halter. The saddle, Toto. Oh, no horse like that. Take saddle. Never was a horse like this. As the mighty stallion felt the pressure of the saddle on his powerful back, he trembled as if from a chill. Every instinct told him he must flee at once to preserve his freedom. Yet he stood his ground submitting to the things done by the man who had saved his life. It wasn't gratitude that kept him there. It was something stronger, some mysterious bond of friendship and understanding. He heard the man's low voice and liked it. Silver. Silver, we're going to be partners. Yes, I'm going to mount, Silver. Don't be afraid. Steady now, fella. Easy. Steady, Silver. It's all right, big fella. Tonto, he's willing. Now I'm going after Cavendish. Come on, Silver! Powerful white stallion had no bit to guide him. It was nothing but a halter, but he seemed to know just what his new friend desired. He was eager to please, eager to show his strength and speed. His flowing mane and tail streamed out like banners in the wind. No hoofs that ever beat the plains like those thundering hoofs of the great horse Silver. Presently, Cavendish came into view. There he is. Come on, Silver! The mighty stallion responded with a new burst of speed that quickly cut down the lead of the man ahead. Cavendish fired wild shots over his shoulder. Again and again he fired until his gun was empty. His horse was no match for the charging white one. Fear and panic filled the outlaw's face. He heard the hoofbeats ever nearer, and then the masked man shout, I want you, Cavendish! Get away! Get away, you hear me? Let me be! Get away, I tell you. The two were side by side. The masked man leaned out, reached, then threw himself at Cavendish. Come on, Cavendish, on your feet. Don't, don't hit me again. Don't kill me. I'm not going to kill you. I'll let the law do that. The hangman's rope is waiting for you. The masked man's mission was accomplished. He had captured the last member of the Cavendish gang. But there were other outlaws, other trails that beckoned the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and the White Horse, Silver. 
rest is history. The Lone Ranger turned the blinding light of justice on criminals in all communities, but he never forgot the promise made to his brother. A promise to try to find the boy, Dan Reed. He fought claim jumpers, rustlers, and smugglers. Side by side, he fought with builders of the West, the pioneers in covered wagons, the carriers of mail, the stage lines, and the pony riders. He became known throughout the West by his mask, the white horse silver, and a ringing cry, Are you silver? His adventures took him to the high border country, where he fought and conquered men who sought to rob an old lady and her adopted grandson. It must have been fate that guided him there and took him to the side of the woman's deathbed where he learned about the 14-year-old boy whom she had found as a baby, the only survivor of an Indian attack. She handed him a locket that had been about the baby's neck. The old ranger found Dan Reed sitting on the steps of the little white house. Do you mind if I sit beside you, Dan? No, sir. Thanks. Your grandmother was a wonderful woman. She sure was. Before she died, she told me all about you. How she had found you as a baby. That's right. I wasn't a real grandson. I was just adopted. My right name is Dan Reed. Yes, I know. I saw the pictures of your mother and father in this locket. Dad was a ranger. A captain. Yes, I was with him when he was killed. In fact, I promised him I'd try to find you. You did? Dan, how would you like to go with me? You mean travel with you all the time? Yes. Oh, golly. I can't think of anyone I'd rather be with. But why are you doing this for me? Because, Dan, your father was my brother. I'll tell you about him and what he left you. Your father was one of the men among whom uncommon valor was a common virtue. Those men have handed down a great heritage, which you and others like you must protect and preserve. It's the heritage of every American the right to live as free people in a land where there is true equality of opportunity. But it is your duty to be eternally vigilant, prepared at all times to fight those who dare to challenge our way of life. And you must build. It is your duty to make of this a greater nation, to build homes and farms and villages, mills, factories in great cities. Property is the fruit of labor. That some should be rich shows that others may become rich and hence is just encouragement to industry and enterprise. Abraham Lincoln said, let not him who is houseless pull down the house of another, but let him labor diligently and build one for himself Thus, by example, assuring that his own shall be safe from violence when built. You have for your own a great nation, together with the will, the heart, the courage to make it even greater. This is your heritage, Dan. This is the heritage of every American. That is the message of the Lone Ranger.
is a George W. Trendle production directed by Charles D. Livingston. This story was written by Fran Stryker and the part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.